Do your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain, welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. We're celebrating Brock's birthday today. We welcome you all to join in. Having a great day, great show, as always, as you would come to expect from your voice of common sense conservatism. Look, it's not many of us. There are not many moms out there, female conservatives, right, who have a microphone, who have wonderful people who are paying attention and getting involved. And if you're now part of our army, welcome home. We love having you. As I said, great show. Lots of educational talk today. As this scab of the reality of higher education has been yanked. And it ain't healing, folks. The wound looks bad. And it's going to get worse. And we're going to walk through it. It is necessary. Remember, as we walk through today's show, every single step that we have gone through has been necessary. And you undeniably, we're made for this moment. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. All of us have gone through something. All of us today From our children to our parents to ourselves. We have all, in the last handful of years, gone through something significant. We are going through something in our home right now that is not being spoken but is being felt. And it's stressful. Our third son is waiting to hear from his number one pick of colleges. He's put all his eggs into this basket. He's done everything above and beyond that one person can be expected to contribute and accomplish at this point in his 18 years. The majority of it is all hard work. There have been some stumbles along the way. But a lot of eye-opening mission trips. Having the great fortune to travel other places in this country to see how poverty looks how it feels what it smells like he's volunteered he tutors i think what a dozen different kids and every senior in his high school who has one or two little brothers if you will freshmen seniors and freshmen connected my son has i think eight he loves giving back 
He loves working hard. He's stubborn as heck and can be very selfish. But this is the moment that he has worked for. Now, as a parent, what do you do with that? Do you say to him, now, if you don't get in, this is an early action, early decision, whatever it is, so it's binding. And there's a slight uptick in his chance of getting in. As a white, straight, Catholic boy, gotta say, I look at my son and I say, for 13 years, you've been working for this moment. And it may just come down to something so ridiculous that you don't check the boxes that the school you wish to be a part of needs to check. To bow down at the altar of all things woke and suck. And if that happens, do know where you go is not who you will be. Because you already are. And so I walk around and yesterday I was an absolute wreck. We find out by Friday. Could be any minute. It's almost like waiting for a baby, right? Except I was usually the one having the baby and you at least have some inside information. (laughs) That doesn't feel normal. Honey, get the bag. This, we're at the whim Is it going to come in an email? Will it be one of those highly impersonal, dear so-and-so, dot, 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 thank you for one of those lean envelopes, or is it going to come in a pack? Is it going to be an email? How is it going to be? How is it going to feel? What's it going to, what's it going to do? Of course, we all know that this is just a moment in time. It is a brief stop on the journey which we all hope for our children will be long and healthy and happy lives. But I can tell he's a wreck too, and there's not a damn thing I can do about it. We're all in a position and have been over the last several years, and we could say it was because of a virus, and it was for many of us. That was just the tipping off point. That was the jump. That was the trampoline. And we bounced in all sorts of different directions. And we saw people at their best and we saw them at their worst. We saw some true colors in people we used to really care about. And though we still probably care, the emotional investment is not worth it now that we've seen. Our students have paid the penalty and they're suffering. And now we're being told Of course, that college and high school and education in general isn't really about scores. It's not about aptitude. It's not about literacy. It's not about whether or not you can show your work or whether you know how to sit down and take an SAT and achieve. There's a reason they don't want our kids to do that. Because the people in charge right now do not like success. They want compliance. They want to raise the next generation of triggered clone troopers. They don't want thought leaders. They don't want innovators. They don't want dreamers. And they certainly don't want people like my child. Self-starters with enormously large hearts and a capacity to give endlessly. People are awakening, though. And now what we are seeing is something that is truly magical. You're going to hear it today in some polls. You know how I talk about polls. They're great brushes. A moment of time. Can you read deeply into them? No. Until they all start to say the same thing. And then you cannot avoid it.
And that, my friends, is the is the position that the Democrat Uniparty globalist swamp of suck is finding itself in. We have Vladimir Zelensky knocking on the door of the White House today, sitting down with Joe Biden to beg for billions of more dollars. And we have a crisis in this country where young people, the future, the young couples who are getting married, through whom the next generation is born, realizing that they cannot afford the American dream. It is out of reach. And it's out of reach on purpose. And they're going through that. One of the most interesting things we are going to look at today is the rise of the unnoticed, the overlooked, the flyover country, the menial workers who never seem to matter, the blood and guts of this great constitutional republic, many of whom didn't vote last election, some who've never voted at all, who feel as though it is their only voice, their only microphone their only way to jump up and down and to say enough we have had enough we've had enough wokeness we've had enough box checking we've had enough bogus made up fake news living in some alternate reality that none of us signed up for and the end of this theatrical performance goes as follows. You have nothing. You shut your mouth. You get the scraps you are given and you do as you are told. Now, I don't know about you, but I have five very interesting, independent, unique, one-of-a-kind sons. They were not raised to follow the leader. They were not raised to feel as though they needed emotional support. They weren't raised to make excuses, to lie, to cheat, or to fudge with the system. And they're awake. And yours are too. And what is coming in the years ahead, ladies and gentlemen, gives me tingles in my fingertips. Because these are the children who've gone through COVID and masks and mandates and suffering and DEI and other nonsense. And they know it. And that boomerang is going to come back in a vengeance to my 18-year-old son. Sweetheart, it doesn't matter what happens. The six of us are beyond proud of who you are quick timeout when we come back. Donald Trump's support is soaring among Republican voters. What's this? A coalescing around a singular idea, not a singular individual, but a singular idea. Making America great again. And it's game on next. Well, I wonder if uh, Ron DeSantis, if Nikki Haley, if all these folks are seeing the the signs, reading the tea leaves, because it's really not that complicated. 
Donald Trump is absolutely throttling everybody to the point now where your media hacks on both sides are stunned. Here you go. Breitbart.com poll Donald Trump towers over GOP primary with 66% support and, of course, leads in the Super Tuesday states. What have they thrown at this guy? And you know what's kind of interesting? This is one of the reasons why I say the uninvolved are now getting involved. They've been watching all of this. They followed all of the negative news on this guy, all of the lawsuits, all of the allegations, the indictments, the criminal charges, the moves of these judges. You don't think everyday people are watching this? They absolutely are. And though they might not be out there grabbing the spotlight, banging their chests and grabbing the sound bites on your evening news that nobody watches anyway. These polls are indicative of that reality. There's a reason you guys want to destroy Donald Trump, which makes us like him even more. There is that inverse relationship, isn't there? The story. Former President Donald Trump towering over his Republican opponents in the primary race, leading in several states, including those that vote on Super Tuesday. The latest data from Morning Consult found. Now, this is from December 1st through the 3rd. 3,526 potential GOP primary voters. Pretty good survey. Shows Trump towering over the GOP field, 66% support. His lead is 53 points ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. 53 ahead of Ron DeSantis, who garners just 13% support. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley coming in third with 10%. Vivek Ramaswamy with six. Christie with three. Asa Hutchinson, come on. Come on, brother. All right, there's no shame. We all appreciate somebody, a good guy or gal who gets in, but you got to know when it's your time. 66 Trump, 13 DeSantis, 10% Haley. The margin of error, 2%, doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Nobody comes close. The poll also found that 76% of GOP primary voters view Trump favorably three in four more than three in floor in four no matter how hard no matter how much they've worked to make trump look like that reprobate that he is not you're not getting the message why because you have facts and your bank account doesn't lie the poll also found 76% of GOP primary voters view Trump favorably compared to 62% who see DeSantis that way, 54% who view Ramaswamy favorably, and 50% who view Haley favorably. Now, this is interesting. You have Vivek Ramaswamy saying all the things that you know Donald Trump would say during these debates. He is Donald Trump's proxy, Right. And I don't believe these two dudes are connected in any way. I just think Vivek Ramaswamy says what needs to be said. And it makes some people uncomfortable. And the rest of us are like, gloves off. We're done. 
We're done with this nonsense. We don't want a moderate. We don't want a John McCain slash Mitt Romney acolyte. We don't want somebody who's connected deeply to the uniparty machine of suck. Period. Ramaswamy is viewed more favorably than Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley, oh, she's all the rage. Really? She wasn't 20 years ago, and she's not today. While it's already well established, Trump holds dominant leads in early states of Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. The results coincide with Morning Consult's state-level Republican primary survey, which shows Trump dominating in several states, including Super Tuesday states. A brief look at the chart shows Trump with majority support in Arizona. Georgia, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Trump even trounces DeSantis in their home state of Florida by 37 points. 26 states included in the state-level Republican primary survey. The only state DeSantis is even remotely strong in is Florida. Trump wins everything else. (laughs) I don't think they were ready for the tidal wave. I don't think they're ready for what's coming. I don't think they understand how angry moms and dads like my husband and I are. How you feel. How those of you who are grandparents watching what's going on in your neighborhoods. Hearing what's happening with your grandchildren. These people have no frigging clue. No clue. The survey comes as prominent figures in the GOP call on the party to finally... Unite behind Trump and direct all focus to defeating President Joe Biden. This is what we've been saying since the first debate. The only prayer you have is to say, you know what, I will debate, but I'm going to answer every single question that you give me with a reason why America needs Donald Trump. Period. This isn't me being some sycophant. This isn't me being a Donald Trump, you know, jock sniffing gal. This is me, the mom, the realist, the conservative woman who's done, done. And I'm not alone. You aren't either. And it is fan freaking tastic. All right, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, they they just don't get it. It is Trump fever burning in Iowa and MSNBC. Morning, Joe. They give three and a half minutes to the facts. You've got to hear, and you will, coming up next. I just love... (laughs) I love how freaked out everybody is getting over something that's so obvious. Is it really surprising to you? I mean, honest to goodness, when I just read to you this morning consult poll and the the big bomb dropping, it's not that Trump is is up by more than 50, that he's got 66% of potential GOP votes, right? 66%. That wasn't the takeaway. (laughs) It was this. A chart showing Trump with majority support in states, including 
Arizona, Georgia, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. It's amazing. It's amazing. But is it really? No, people are fine. We're done. Tired of this. So there's a guy on MSNBC. And I like this guy. He's one of these super, what? What are you doing? Are we doing CNN having to read their own polls? Oh, I beg your pardon, Brock. Thank you for the backup because I just forgot about it twice. So (laughs) I get it at your age. (laughs) So anyway, here's a CNN reporter, okay? And we love this because she's like, well, this isn't good for Joe Biden. In fact, it's really bad. She's got to go through this. And you know they are so struggling. So struggling. Her name is... Cassie Hunt. She's CNN and she's going to come out and tell you, it ain't looking good for Lunch Bucket Joe. Here you go. The news is not great for President Biden and his campaign. <laughs> the numbers show Donald Trump leading in both Georgia and Michigan. In Georgia, a state Biden carried by a very narrow margin in 2020. Registered voters say they prefer Trump over Biden by 5%. In Michigan, which Trump won in 2016, but Biden carried in 2020, our poll now showing Trump 10 points up. Note that a full 10% of those polled in each state say that they wouldn't support either candidate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Trump's margin over Biden is significantly boosted in both states by people who say they did not vote in 2020. Ooh. These less engaged voters favored Trump by 26 points in Georgia and 40 points in Michigan. People who did not vote in 2020. Remember, in my state of Pennsylvania, allegedly, Joe Biden beat Donald Trump by 80,000 plus votes. 80,000. In places like Georgia, it was less than, what, 20,000? Fewer than 20,000 votes. These people didn't show up. Plus 26 and plus 41 in places like Georgia and Michigan, though. What? That is giant. Steve Kornacki, MSNBC. Other more liberal, hacky networks, right? He's their national political correspondent. So he's the guy who crunches the numbers, puts them on the big screen behind him, waves his arms around and tells you this is serious. This is serious. If they're, they're going to devote... Four minutes to Donald Trump absolutely wiping the floor with everybody. And he starts with this soundbite. Look, DeSantis has tried everything. He's gotten an evangelical, um, what is it? It's a, not a sponsorship. It's a endorsement. endorsement. Thank you very much. He's got the evangelical side, right? He's been participating in these debates. He's been going after the X, Y, and Z. He's been chipping away at it, staying in on it. And it's not working. Donald Trump is doing zero. He's sticking with his message. He's trying to manage his four individual court cases while, of course, drafting what he's going to do on day number one, as he's reelected. Audio soundbite number one. Des Moines Register poll. The Des Moines Register poll is taken by Ann Selzer. She is known as one of the best in the business and certainly the authority when it comes to polling on Iowa. So let me show you these numbers. Republican side for the Iowa caucuses, 
We now have Donald Trump leading with an outright majority in Iowa, 51 percent. Ron DeSantis, a very distant second at 19. Nikki Haley, 16. Ramaswamy and Christie at four. We last polled Iowa in October, also with the Des Moines Register. Since then, look at this. Donald Trump's lead. He has added eight points to his total. DeSantis up a couple. Haley, who had been moving flat, uh, I think it's significant. Because in the month leading up to this poll, you had Ron DeSantis pick up the endorsement of the governor of Iowa, the endorsement of a key evangelical leader in Mm -hmm. Iowa, got a lot of press attention for completing a 99-county tour of Iowa, had a Fox News debate against Gavin Newsom in front of millions of Republican-leaning voters, and was part of that fourth Republican debate (laughs) last week that Donald Trump wasn't in. So for all those things that we thought might be giving DeSantis a boost over the last month, it is Trump, despite not participating in the debates again. It's Trump who's made the big gains. Trump who's moved to 51% in this Iowa poll. Trump up eight cents October. DeSantis, despite all of that, that Steve Kornacki just laid out for Ron DeSantis, up three. Nikki Haley, absolutely flat. All these people saying, well, maybe she's a good alternative. To what? Really? Not a chance. Then Kornacki comes up with the evangelicals. They're coming out of the woodwork as our first time caucus goers. Something has happened, ladies and gentlemen, to awaken the dormant voter, the disenfranchised, the disinvited, the flown over. Those who don't matter are saying, you know what? Actually, we do. Audio soundbite number two. Just a couple other numbers we can show you behind this. These are evangelical voters in Iowa. Remember, Donald Trump finished third with this group in 2016 when he ran in Iowa and lost. Now he leads it overwhelmingly, exact same number as what he gets overall. Evangelicals could make up two out of every three caucus goers in Iowa. That was the case the last time around. Where Trump really turns it on, though, it is first time caucus goers this tends to be a younger group overall look at that 63 percent of folks who say for the first time they're going to go to a caucus are rallying behind donald trump 63 percent of first time caucus goers younger voters 63 percent are lining up behind trump 12 to 13 percent behind ron DeSantis. ladies and gentlemen this isn't this isn't even close i don't think 2020 was close i really don't Audio soundbite number three. Well, what about independence? Right? We've talked about evangelicals. We've talked about talked about Republicans in general. They've been behind Nikki Haley. They think she is an adequate substitute for Donald Trump. Maybe without the nasty tweets. How's that going? Go. This is independence. Independents are a small share of the Iowa electorate, but I think it gets to the basic problem Nikki Haley has. Look how much better Nikki Haley does among independents. It's true in Iowa. It's true in New Hampshire. It is true in every poll we have seen. But in Iowa and in most of these Republican primary and caucus states, big exception being New Hampshire, independents are going to be outnumbered significantly by core Republicans. Haley has yet to show that she can make the inroads she needs with core Republicans. That is to say, 
Republicans who like Donald Trump. MAGA. She yet to show she can make those inroads to be competitive. Uh, also, in terms of enthusiasm, we asked folks, are you very, extremely enthusiastic about your choice? Trump, look at that, two to one, three to one advantage over his rivals. Look, it's called MAGA. Whether you like the moniker or not, whether you want to go out and put a flag in your front yard, that says Trump 2024 MAGA doesn't matter if you feel the way we feel on this program about all that is going on in this country. Welcome to the team because you belong. You belong. You belong in the world of sanity. You belong in the world of actual academics over woke garbage. You belong in a world of safety of security. You belong in a world where you work hard and you get to save hard. You belong in a world where inflation doesn't destroy your holiday, where a $600 unexpected expense is something that would upend your family's finances. You deserve to live in this world. And you will again. Audio soundbite number four. When asked, are you confident? Are you behind your choice? Are you wavering in who you're going to choose to be the next president, to be the next Republican candidate for president? Are you wavering? Is your mind made up? Go. Uh, we asked folks, are your, is your mind made up? 70, 7 out of 10 percent of Trump voters in Iowa say their minds are made up. Again, more than double that of any of his nearest rivals. And then we asked this question here. A lot of words. This is about electability and Republicans' perception of it here. We talked so much in 2023 about Donald Trump's trials. We will continue to talk about it in 2024. But we asked folks, can Donald Trump win the election regardless of his legal challenges? Now, nearly three out of Four Republicans in Iowa say yes. Last month, that number wasn't even two out of three. Big jump there for Trump. We also said, hey, are Trump's legal challenges uh, too much? They make it nearly impossible for him to win. 24% saying that again. That number was over 30 last month. So all sorts of signs in this poll, Mika, showing that Donald Trump over the last month, last six weeks in Iowa, has actually improved his position. Is your mind made up to vote for Donald Trump? Iowa caucus goers, 70%. Trump, yes. Is your mind made up? DeSantis, 30%. Yes. Nikki Haley, 34%. Yes. Can Donald Trump win regardless of his legal challenges? No matter if he's found guilty, no matter if crazy Jack Smith tries to throw him in jail, which is exactly why he's going to the Supreme Court. And we're going to talk more about that. And the crazy going on at the Department of Justice. If Donald Trump is behind bars, landslide, not even close. And by the way, the potential for absolute civil war. I'm not talking about guns necessarily. I'm talking about millions of people. Millions. You saw the Dutch farmers. You saw the Canadian truckers. You saw the Chinese folks working at the freaking Apple factory. Walk out. Off the job. Done. 
they better be very careful how they try to fiddle with this election, friends, because that will be disastrous. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we got to pivot. We got to talk Claudine Gay, you know, the serial alleged plagiarist who is the multiple box checking president of Harvard. This story just keeps getting more and more wild. And we've got today's installment of The Crazy Files next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. This whole thing with Elise Stefanik in this congressional hearing asking a very basic question of these three university presidents are calls for genocide, violations of your school's ethics, a code of conduct, a code of basic decency and morality. And the hemming and hawing and the inability to answer that question was very illuminating. It was not just illuminating to the students on campus, Jewish students who have felt unsafe for far too long. But it has been illustrative of the issue with higher education that values box checking over merit. If you represent this, this, and this, If you look a certain way or say you are X, Y, or Z, you somehow have preference over the people who don't say those things, but who have the goods to back up their acceptance into these elite universities, which, by the way, I think the majority of us now are questioning the value of at all. I, I truly, I truly feel like that. And my husband and I together, I think we have something like 20 years of higher education, whatever it is. I'm very, very doubtful of what is going on because what is being served is not what I think is so important. You know, the point of college is to keep you physically safe, but intellectually unsafe, forcing you to confront ideas that you vehemently disagree with. That is the idea. That is how you grow. You don't necessarily grow in your own little nucleus bubble. You need other ideas, different cultures, different backgrounds, different religions. All of it, except now, the choosing of winners over losers is so far off the rails, it's as untenable as forcing everybody to drive an electric vehicle. And this is what these fads are all about. Hurry, hurry, hurry. You've got to prove that you've bowed down to this altar. And those of us who refuse to because it just is ridiculous because you have clarity and you can see this for what it is and you refuse to do it. We've been looking and watching this for a while now, literally speechless. Honest to God, the things that my sons have told me about in their college experiences. Not surprised. This is where we are. But when But when you find out that the box checking president of your university, who, by the way, has been groomed by the left, has an educational pedigree that was afforded her, this Dr. Claudine Gay, head of president or president of Harvard. Right. When you find out that her ascension into this hierarchy of educational deity status has been accomplished by the works, by ripping off the scholarly works of others, including people with whom she works. You would think that is, that is a cause for a great awakening and a great reset, and you would be correct because you're going to hear that coming up. 
from an unlikely source. You are. But let's focus on this Dr. Claudine Gay. Black woman. I don't care that she's black. They care that she's black. I care if she's talented. I care if she's innovative, if she thinks outside the box, if she believes in the basic values I believe in, that America was founded on, or if she's riding the coattails of woke for the betterment of her own life, which so many of these people are. What do you think COVID was? How many people became billionaires through that? It wasn't about safety. It wasn't about health and wellness. It wasn't about any of that. It was a get-rich-quick scheme. And it worked. What about these wars? Is it really about Putin marching into Ukraine? Or is it about so much more than that? You be the judge. Redstate.com scholars find dozens more examples of plagiarism by Harvard President Claudine Gay. Claudine Gay is much like Sheila Jackson Lee. A toxic reported bully who talks down to people, who embraces this box-checking diversity garbage, which takes our stock as a country and flushes it down the toilet. We're not competing with the likes of China and India. We're a freaking joke because of clowns like this. Now, she's not going to be able to say, for the good of the university, it's wise for me to move along. Because gravy train ends at that point. Who wants that washed up piece of meat? Sheila Jackson Lee clobbered in the mayor's race in Houston. Clobbered. Two to one. Clobbered. Decides to limp back to her Congress, to her congressional seat to run for re-election. Don't you think the writing is on the wall? Ma'am, move along. Rough week for Harvard University President Claudine Gay. Donors, of course, probably yanking hundreds of millions of dollars in future gifts from the University of Pennsylvania, which caused Liz McGill to resign. And things continue to go poorly for Gay as well. She plagiarized parts of her PhD dissertation. That should be enough. But there's now dozens more examples of plagiarism in her past, in four different articles published between 1993 and 2017, including, including the prized educational everything, her dissertation plagiarized. She paraphrased or quoted almost 20 authors without proper attribution. In some cases, lifting entire paragraphs verbatim. It's not because she didn't understand the rules. She was bigger than the rules. She was protected by the boxes. Until her chickens came home to roost. A blistering, blistering takedown of what's really going on, ladies and gentlemen, is coming up. As the National Association of Scholars now calls for Harvard's president to be removed. We will drop that on you next. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program.